Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire, people with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds on LinkedIn. And why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team and get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody. Welcome to a special Thursday edition of the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. We are super excited. We finally got Thomas Morstead, Saints punter, to join us. Thomas, thanks for joining us. And I just want to start off by saying this. I wrote a column about you during the 2019 season after you were Special Teams Player of the Week against the Jaguars. And it got one of the most, it was one of my most read columns of the year of Channel 4. And it got the most incredible reaction I think I've ever had in 15 years. People were sending me emails, not just saying how much they loved you as much as I did and wanted you to retire as a saint in like 2030. But people sending me these emails about, I met Thomas and he spent 10 minutes with my kid. I was at... Saints Dolphins in London and I was wearing a Thomas Morstead jersey and they thought I was his relative and I snuck into his little post game thing and he talked to me for 15 minutes and Thomas I swear I got like 20 emails from people just these little nice things that you've done to for people all over New Orleans not charity or anything you just being super nice and these people felt the need to reach out to me and tell me what a wonderful person you are and I was really touched by it. It was incredible, all these little stories that people told me. Well, look, I appreciate hearing that. Um, yeah, I remember the article when it came out. It was actually one of the more meaningful articles I've ever uh, read. I know some of it was meant to be funny, but some of it was very serious, and uh, I appreciated it for sure. Um, and then as far as the, as far as the, uh, you know, the fans that have had uh, you know, unique interactions with me or my family. Um, you know, I just remember growing up being a huge sports fan and, 
I got to meet Rudy Tomjanovich at the airport and him just spending 10 seconds with me was like a life moment for me. And uh, I got to meet Clyde Drexler as well. And him spending 10 seconds with me was another life moment. And I just never forgot uh, the impact that that 10 seconds had on me. And so uh, no matter how much uh, my kids are dragging me down uh, in public or uh, other things, I always try to make at least 10 seconds or 20 seconds just to connect with somebody because it had, had such a big impact on me personally. Well, it shows, man. Um, and I noticed you've been really busy in the community, even amidst everything that's going on. I, I'm, I'm, I, I always tell Russell, so I have two kids, they're nine and six. He, he, he has one kid, but what I tell people is, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's rough, but at least my kids are older than four, you know, where I can <laughs> task them with doing things. And I appreciate I, that. Thank you. I mean, you're <laughs> in boot camp right now, but how, how are you doing? We're doing good. I mean, um, I feel like me and my wife do a pretty good job of keeping healthy perspective on things and not getting too far down a dark rabbit hole when you get frustrated. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, our kids just love us to death right now. They don't think we're stupid or hate us or talk back to us too much. So, uh, we're, we're just enjoying, um, the time that we have right now, whether at this age and this stage, and, um, but it's definitely a manual labor intensive right now for sure. Yeah. Well, I noticed you guys took some time to, uh, deliver some stuff to he- healthcare people. So you're still finding time to do that, which is awesome. And uh, I know I've got Ralph's attention cause these are shots, but they're not the <laughs> kind of shots you're thinking of Ralph. It's they're oh. juice shots. Um, so Thomas, can these juice shots, can they fix Ralph from the inside out? You know, I don't know what all of Ralph's issues are. Uh, so Lots of issues, claim, Thomas. Lots. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, look, these are uh, these are just some uh, cure shots, um, and and they're they've just got tons of antioxidants in them, and 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 more than anything, honestly, it was just a, just another way that somebody could go out and, and show a little support for the people that are risking their lives every day. Um, I think that's the most important thing is just to let everybody know that's that's uh in these hospitals doing this work that we're all behind them and um i think everybody that is showing support in any way big or small it all adds up and synergizes to us uh, having the best chance to beat this thing as quick as possible so thomas last year before the draft we were doing sort of a most beloved saints and me and andrew came up with the idea of you're beloved. You're probably the most beloved, I would say, Saints kicker, probably even more so than Morton Anderson. So we came up with a theory. Uh, we did a poll, and we said, what would would you take a first-round pick? If a team offered a first-round pick for Thomas Morstead, <clears throat> would you do it? And people said, that's ridiculous. But I said, no, it's not ridiculous. Because Bill Belichick, he doesn't talk about anything, Thomas. He mumbles, 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 and says, on to the next week. The two times, in 2013 when they played you guys, and in 2017, he talked for five-plus minutes about how amazing you are and how impressive. He talked about you in the tones that a person would talk about a beautiful woman. It was mesmerizing. Are you aware of Bill Belichick's crush on you? Uh, I don't know if it's a crush, but I'm definitely aware of the things he said. Um you know, I uh, I mentioned that to Mickey Loomis in our last contract negotiation. I thought that would give me a little bit of leverage. 
Um, no, but look, it's, it's when you have somebody like that, that says what he said, uh, it's, it's very meaningful. Um, it's one of those things that you don't like to stare at every day, but, um, you know, kicking is such a mental deal and, uh, you don't always feel your best or think you're, you're worth as much as you should, uh, feel. And that's definitely one of those things you bring out of the, uh, out of the storage closet every now and then to kind of pump yourself up and remind yourself of how you're perceived. And, uh, so it was very appreciated for sure. Well, let's, well, let's talk about why Belichick, uh, loves you, Thomas. And I mean, I, I looked through your stats and it was kind of a trip down memory, memory lane for me. I'm interested in hearing you kind of, co- there are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Compare where you were as a rookie to 2012 you make the pro bowl and that was i mean if you just look at average yards per punt i mean obviously at that point in your career you averaged over 50 per punt and you kind of look at that as all right maybe that was the peak of his career because that's when he was averaging the most yards but what a lot of fans don't understand is that actually it's really then if you're a punter in the league you're maybe paying closer attention to the net yardage, which is where you subtract return yards, you subtract touchbacks, and it's really yeah. just how many yards you're gaining as a punter. And if you look at the last couple of years, your average has gone from what it was in 2012, it was 50 to like 40 in the 46 range now, but your nets are where they were when you made the Pro Bowl. And so it's the, the difference between your average and your nets are three yards apart which to me is just crazy. You you have the most touchbacks, or I'm sorry, the most fair catches of your career this past year. Can you talk a little bit about how your punting has evolved and how, how you compare yourself now to where you were in 2009 and, and 2012? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll just take you all the way through the, the prog- progression. Uh, 2009, I came in. Uh, they said I couldn't catch, and uh, which was uh, a little unreasonable, but I, I did have a little shaky hands for coaches liking and for my own liking. And I worked on that and, um, you know, we struggled, uh, with, you know, I wasn't as consistent as I was, as I would like, and, uh, we didn't cover as well as I'd like. Um, I think we finished 30th in the league, my rookie year in net, but we also had a lot of big moments in, in, in big games that year, which was very big for me as a, as a, as a rookie, um, so um, that's probably, I mean, if you go look back at that year, there were more kind of big plays made in that season than almost any of my other seasons um, unrelated to consistency. And then um, my third year with John Casey, uh, who was the longtime Carolina Panther kicker, that was a huge year in my learning curve. Um, John Casey is just as stable a personality as you'll ever be around. Um, incredible human being. 
And that was just really, really important for me in my growth as a person and uh, as a player on the field. And my, my third year in the league was, was uh, we didn't punt at all. I mean, I think we punted 40-something times that year. Um, but, man, that was, that was on tape. That was a really, really special season for me. Um, I got my contract extension after that. And then the next year was the Bounty Gate year where Coach Payton was gone. Um, we, you know, there was a little lack of stability all the way around. And uh, I actually was dealing with a knee injury that year. Uh, it wasn't anything I missed time for, but it was something I dealt with and I had fixed after the season was over. And so I couldn't kick the ball as high. And so I just committed that season to kicking it far and in the corner. And if every third ball went out of bounds, then great. And then we'd give up some big returns. So that pro bowl year, we actually gave up more punt return yards than any of my other years. Um, and then after that, it just became a constant, you know, I'd try to pick one thing every year that I was going to improve on. Um, I obviously got hurt back in the 2015 season kicking off and tearing my quad. That was a huge moment in my career. Uh, I finished out the rest of the season uh, when I came back, and I just wasn't myself. Um, and I spent all offseason trying to get my quad right, and I couldn't quite figure it out. And I was re-aggravating it repeatedly. And uh, finally got with a therapist, <clears throat> started doing some Pilates, and um, it helped me get over the hump of that uh, soft tissue injury and then just honestly not kicking off as much as I loved it and I still love it and if coach asked me to do it today I'd do it in a heartbeat because I feel like I'm great at it uh, not doing that has really uh, enabled me to number one uh, take a little wear and tear off my leg throughout the season and then number two it's just allowed me to focus do you purely Thomas on do you love kicking off because you're awesome at it or do you love kick kicking off just because it's fun all of the above um and there's nothing better i i try to explain to people the best thing to do for a specialist is kick off for the saints in the superdome after we've scored a touchdown um when when the crowds dance and everybody's hammered drunk in the stands in the fourth quarter and we're winning and stand up and get crunk is playing it's just i mean i'm standing on the 35 yard line staring at Will Lutz and with MB, just, you know, wishing I could do it one more time. It's, it's, there's nothing like it. And, um, and so I do miss doing it, but, uh, if you go look at once I got over that quad injury, my 17, 2017 and 2018 years were my best years of my career in my personal opinion. And, um, and, uh, so, you know, it's, it's allowed me to continue to focus and sharpen the sword and then uh you know as, as as your career goes on you start to realize it's not just about how you play it's about um you know adding stability to other positions and working with young players like will lutz and zach wood and helping groom them and and uh and and that's been a real joy for me um to work with both of those guys and it's been fun over the past three years to feel like we've provided such a high level of execution and consistency in big moments. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to, to be a part of those wins. Here's a question that I've always wanted to ask you two parts. The first part is as a punter, what's harder to do? Is it harder to punt like you did in the Jacksonville game this past year, where it's 13 to six and you punt six, seven, eight times. And it's sort of a defensive struggle and you're constantly going out of there, going out there and doing it repeatedly. Or is it harder in a 38-35 game where you don't punt maybe but once or twice, but then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter the Saints are like, hey, Thomas, we're in the end zone. Go do it. We know you haven't done it all day, but we need a great one right now. What's what's the harder scenario? 
Um, I would say, uh, just selfishly, I'd much rather punt eight times a game uh, than, than once or twice. And, and the reason for that is because there's a flow to your game. Uh, that's why I battled so hard just to get the holding duty. Coach Payton for years loved having a backup quarterback handle that. And being able to do the holding allows me to have a little more flow to the game because we just don't punt that much. And uh, just, you know, kind of it keeps the juices going throughout the game. Uh, but definitely punting more frequently. And in, in, there's nothing better than being a punter and winning a game 13 to 10 uh, and, and getting to punt a bunch and hopefully affect the game in a positive uh, way. So uh, just selfishly, I love getting to play a lot and impact the game. And it's been fun the past few years having a, a defense that, uh, that we can win games in that manner. And we've really lent heavily, especially this past year on field position, feeling like we could outnet the other punt team with, with our punt team's uh, ability to uh, you know, limit returners and then our returners' ability to change the game. And with all the guys we have blocking on punt return, it was really cool to see I think our t- differential was six or seven yards per punt this season difference. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. 
So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. And, you know, it's interesting, you go back to this past season, and uh, I know you, you always speak highly of your teammates, but you look at some of the coverage ability that Justin Hardy have and JT Gray and those guys just had, in my opinion, incredible seasons. And you look at special teams adding Deontay and the explosiveness he gave to the return game and you and Will Lutz doing your thing. And I, I, I told Ralph earlier in the season that this really was starting to feel like, and, uh, you know, going back to as a kid, watching Morton Anderson and Tommy Barnhart and the returners yeah. that they had back then, Mel Gray. I mean, th- this was to me, as good, if not better, than any Saints special teams group that I had seen. And I thought an interest. I mean, we talk a lot about the big names that get cut, uh, the big contracts and all that, but we don't necessarily talk as much about special teams guys. But I, in hindsight, seeing Chris Banjo get cut at the beginning of the year at, during training camp was just, a, I thought, a really significant move uh, because it was, just maybe signaling to us, and we didn't know it at the time, just how deep these this gunner unit was. Um, can you just speak a little bit about the unit as a whole, and and maybe about Chris Banjo that and that being a sign? Yeah, look, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if Banjo getting cut was more a, uh, you know, I know he was dealing with a little bit of a knee issue and coming back from that healthy wise. Um, but, um, you know, and I know we had a pretty deep uh, safety room in general with uh, with our draft picks and who we had coming back. And so I think it was a culmination of a lot of different things. Um, you know, Chris was sorely missed, uh, not only on the field, but off the field. Uh, you know, Chris and I played at SMU together and we have a special relationship. And so that was tough to see him leave. Um, but look, we had... A, a really outstanding group, honestly, for the past number of years now. Um, you know, two years ago we finished number one in in special teams rankings, and I think this year we were first and second, depending on which publication you looked at. So for for the past number of years now, we've really had a really good group all the way across the board. You know, a punter that hopefully can punt pretty well. Uh, Will Lutz has been outstanding. Um, we've got two gunners that are balling. Uh, Taysom Hill. Yeah, I mean, you know. I, I can't say enough good things about him as a, as a person and uh, the type of player he is and what he brings to our team. I mean, teams cannot attack us the way that they want because of him. And he just opens so much up, up for us. And uh, it's been a blessing having him 
on on uh, pod team and and all of our special teams and um i'm, I'm excited that the saints are uh, as excited about him as i am thomas we need to talk about smu has passed ohio state as having the most players on the saints team do you have incriminating evidence against sean payton or is smu on the cusp of being another uh, a football power again like the early 80s well um look i was a walk-on so i don't know if they're paying guys again i don't think they are uh <laughs> but uh i will say that um every year that we add an extra smu guy we've gone another round deeper in the playoffs and i told mickey this i said look we were up to six one year and we made the nfc championship game we need to get seven or even eight to guarantee a super bowl victory um look there's it's been really cool to have so many smu guys um come through the roster and be a part of this team and so many guys that have been uh you know maybe not superstars but just outstanding in their roles uh chris banjo so good uh zach line man you couldn't get more dependable a more dependable fullback that could play all special teams everything uh our snapper zach wood's been outstanding so just to name a few so it's been really cool uh it's a little bit weird now because the guys that are there like I'm too old to have actually played with them, so that's kind of strange. But um, but it is very very. Well, except for Emmanuel Sanders, right? Yeah, Emmanuel's here now, and that's a big deal. Uh, man, I think we if we'd have gotten him midseason last year, I think that would have put us over the top uh, for for getting all the way. So I'm glad he's here. Hopefully, hopefully that'll be proved right this year. Well, Thomas, tell us a little bit about what you're up to with Jed Collins. Um, I know that uh, you're into finance with him and kind of uh, putting his word out there. And I'm really glad that you're working with him and not Kevin Hauser. Uh, but but, <laughs> well, but okay, tell us a little more that. about that. Yeah. Look, Jed Collins is, uh, we were roughly the same age when we played together. Um, and we just, you know, when you, when you going through things, uh, a new experience in life, like, like going through college or, or having kids at the same time or things like that, you kind of bond with people and, Jed and I just, uh, we just struck a chord in the locker room. Um, and we really, um, you know, just had a special relationship. Uh, our, our girlfriends slash wives all got together and had a great time as well. So it was just a fun time of, of our, uh, of our life. And anyways, Jed is one of the players that you don't hear too much about, which is, Hey, he was really smart with his money, took advantage of all of the different, um, you know, um, things that you could do in the off season, uh, internship programs and things like that. He went to the business schools and, uh, anyways, he's a CFP now certified financial planner and he does education and, um, he's got his own company and he just wrote a book and we had talked about doing something together. It's called, uh, your money vehicle. And, um, anyways, it's just, it's something we talked about doing and he just approached me and said, Hey, do you want to try to be a part of this with me? Uh, we're just going to try to educate people online. Uh, one, one post a day for the month of April, uh, April's financial literacy month. And, um, with everything going on and people being stuck at home, I said, Hey, be something productive to do. And, you know, if, if five people get something out of it, great. If, if, if a hundred people get something out of it, great. So, um, it's a little bit of a science experiment. We'll see how, how it uh, tracks along as we go, but I'm excited to do it. I, this is a lot of information I wish I'd have had before getting to my professional work life. All right. A couple more questions and then, then we'll let you get out of here. First, 
I know one of your children is named Max, and my son is named Max, and I want to ask you, do you get this question or this people saying this to you all the time? Everywhere we go when my son introduces himself, people will say, our dog name is Max because it's the number one dog name in America. I get that. It? it is. People say that to me all the time when we're at parks or out. Do you get that? I guess not, though. But we get that all I, the time. I, well, so I don't I don't get that, but I don't shorten any of my kids' names. So I don't know if he's just Max. Ours is a Maxwell, and I uh, always call him Maxwell. Ah, and I, I see. him as Maxwell, and so that's maybe why we get we don't get that as much. Yeah, that, that would be it. Probably I call Sounds Mike. Sounds like you need to start calling him. I need, I mean, maybe I'll start calling him Maximus, like uh, the gladiator. I, I like it. I like that. That's strong. Second thing. All right. We asked people for questions, and people, they had ridiculous questions, of course, because of this podcast. But the main thing people wanted to know is, apparently, after the Saints Super Bowl parade in 2009, you were bartending at Lucy's. How did this happen, and how long were you there bartending after the Saints Super Bowl parade? All right, so here's what happened. Uh, I was a rookie. had no idea that anybody had plans after. I just knew there was a Saints party, and we were the last float. Me and Garrett and Jason Kyle were on the uh, pink shoe from Muses. And uh, we were the last people to get off the float. We go into the convention center. And our long snapper gets a text message from Mark Brunel. It says, hey, Lucy's now. So we, we jump ship. We run over to Lucy's. And in the back is Breeze, Chase Daniel, Tyler Lorenzen, a bunch of other guys. Um, Mark Brunel, obviously. And it was the first and only time I have ever felt like a rock star. Like I, I felt like this is what the Beatles, every time they showed up to somewhere, um, this is what it was like. And... There was security at both both entrances to the back bar, and um, and it was crazy. I mean, there were just, you know, there were drop-dead gorgeous girls sitting there just trying to introduce themselves to you as you walked in or out. And and, uh, and I was like, you know, I, I deferred. I said, hey, sorry, not my party, and I, I just was happy to be a part of the party. And uh, it was just a total shit show. Um, and it was, it was just – it was such a great time. Um, Drew, about an hour into us being there, says, hey, we should go out into the bar. He wanted to teach the crowd the chant that he had learned that we had done that year. And I don't know if you guys remember that year, but everybody yeah. was trying to figure out what we were saying. And we were doing it so fast that no one could quite figure it out. And so people had written news stories and things like that on it. And so we went, We were telling them that's a bad idea. We're going to get, you know, it's going to be crazy chaos. And he, he, he was... You know, it's the only time I'd ever seen Drew drink, and he was he was pretty determined. And so, we went out, got behind the bar. Drew got on the mic, and he spent about seven or eight minutes talking to the crowd about going down to Guantanamo Bay and training with the Marines and how the whole thing came. And we taught the crowd, and then we did it together. And I'm telling you, for the next 20 minutes, there was not one dollar exchanged over that bar. We just <laughs> we were just pouring drinks as fast as we could. And it was like it was like time just stood still. It was it's one of the coolest memories I have of, of my whole football experience was that night doing that. And uh, I'm sure you can go you uh, YouTube Drew Brees Lucy's and you can see different bits and pieces of it because that's right when those flip cameras had come out and everybody had them in the crowd. It was it was awesome. Oh my God! I just the thought that's of awesome. the thought of Drew B, Drew Brees 
drunk leading the crowd is just the most New Orleans thing you can think of. We corrupt, we corrupt everyone, Thomas. We do. Hey, let me tell you, my one of my biggest, biggest goals for the rest of my career is to play long enough that we get to do that again. And I'll have all my kids there with me, and I'll get hammered just the same. And I just want everybody to experience what that was about. I, you know, it'd be like cheers. It'd never get old. We just do it over and over every night. So, well, love it. let's do it. Well, hopefully, Thomas, we it. get America can get through the pandemic, and we can have a football season, and we can get that second trophy. Thomas, we can't thank you enough. This has been great, guys. This is why you. Support the podcast. We get to do awesome interviews like this. Thanks for joining us, Thomas. Guys, we will see you again tomorrow.